So we continue. We've been digging into Jesus' Sermon on the Mount for the last few weeks, and uh, today and next week we will continue that. And I invite you into a, an interesting section, not that they're not all interesting in their own right, um, but uh, this one takes us in some, uh, well, interesting directions. So uh, let me invite you to listen in. I'm going to be reading from the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, starting with verse 22, going through 34. Uh, listen for God's Word. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Here ends the reading of God's word for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Don't worry about it. Has anyone ever said that to you? I'm picturing all of your heads nodding because we've all heard, don't worry about it before. So the follow-up question that I have is, did it work? Did that advice actually work for you? Probably not. They're easy words to say. We've all said them as much as we've heard them. Easy to say, hard to practice. And maybe these words bring to mind the first, one of the first a cappella number one hits on the radio by Bobby McFerrin. Anybody remember that one? The year was 1988. Don't worry, be happy. 
Now, you can thank me later because I know some of you are whistling in your heads. I'm not going to whistle into my microphone because it would be painful for you. But I know that this earworm will carry you through the week, reminding you to not worry. But in essence, that's exactly what Matthew's telling us in these verses. Don't worry about it. But at least he does take some attempt to tell us how not to worry. Oftentimes when we have these stories from Jesus, these parables even, it's just the story. And it leaves us to try and figure it all out on our own. And that's why I said that this was one of the more interesting sections, because it actually tries to give us some practical thinking along these lines. Because it is. It's one thing to tell someone, just don't worry about it. But it's another thing entirely to tell them how they're supposed to keep from worrying about it, how they're supposed to think about not worrying. Because if we're honest, we all worry, don't we? Every single person worries. The ignorant worry because they don't know enough. The knowledgeable worry because they know too much. The rich worry because they're afraid of losing what they have. And the poor worry because they don't have enough. The old worry because they are nearing death. And the young worry because they're facing life. But for the next few minutes, I want us to take a look at what Jesus is telling us. What Jesus says about worry. Because he says it over and over in here. He says don't worry a couple of times. And wants us to consider worrying at other places. Now, I know some of you are sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, I know Jesus said it, but doggone it, it is impossible not to worry, especially in these times of COVID-19 and other social unrest that we're experiencing in our country. So let's look at the root of this notion of worry. The Greek word that is translated in our reading as worry literally means to be drawn in different directions. So basically, worry pulls us apart. Being apart is something that we have a full appreciation for, certainly, especially over the last six months. As we've learned this phrase of social distancing. But being apart, well, let's look at it like this. These verses talk about birds and lilies and grass and such. It reminds us that everything in nature works together, right? Free from worry because God has provided for those needs. They work together. Free from worry. Worry is being drawn apart. All those systems in the natural world do work together, relying on one another. But people are often pulled apart because we try to live our lives depending on ourselves and our material things 
rather than on the gifts that God has provided around us. Rather than worry, rather than being pulled apart, I think Jesus is telling us to be a part of, not apart from, but a part of this community that we're in, because that's where we find the provisions for life that God gives us. God has built into creation the means by which all created things are cared for. The birds are fed because they diligently work to maintain their lives. They don't store up, they don't pack into barns huge amounts of food. Squirrels, on the other hand, do. But this is about birds. But continually working is what all of these critters do, even the squirrels who hoard. The lilies, they grow daily through the sustenance of the environment, the ground, the water, the sun. Drive by my house this week, you'll see evidence of that. This translates to humans to say that an individual does not need to be anxious about their existence, but persistent. We don't need to be anxious, we only need to be persistent in our efforts to be a part of the life around us. But again, we find that hard. We're so self-centered, self-sufficient, if you will. If you decided right here and now, I am not going to worry anymore. Many folks would equate that with you saying, I'm done. I'm not doing another thing. For example, if you said, I'm not going to worry about what I eat, what I wear, I'm not going to worry about my house, my job. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't fix you and maybe your children or whoever else you live with a meal. It doesn't mean that you should walk out of the house naked. It doesn't mean that you don't take care of the home where you live. It doesn't mean that you just decide, eh, I'm not going to work tomorrow. Don't worry means that you stop fretting over your life. Stop letting all the little bitty nitpicky things consume and take over your mind. Jesus is simply saying that we get too caught up in worrying about things like which socks we're going to wear, or what brand of ketchup is on the table for our french fries. Not that that's not important. But that is what we do. If I was a ketchup eater, I'd worry about that. We worry about everything. We find it, frankly, hard to exist not worrying. Jesus is reminding us of this tendency in ourselves and encouraging us to live in this moment, allowing the past to be the past and the future to be the future, to live for today, be content with what God has provided us. But it's difficult for us to live with contentment. In fact, I 
I dare say that many of us rarely consider ourselves completely content with where we are in life. So today my prayer for us is for trust. I pray for the wisdom to know where our life's efforts are well invested. I pray for the grace to liberate ourselves from those places in life where our efforts are not well invested. I pray for the ability to trust and be at peace with things that are beyond my control. I pray that we would all start with finding even just one moment each day to feel truly content. That's your homework this week. I don't always give homework out of a sermon, but I am today. Find one moment each day this week Joel's big breath comes to mind, that cleanse, to just be content in whatever, wherever that moment happens. It can grow from there, like grass and lilies, fed and watered by God's gifts of the Spirit. It's what God wants for us, to find contentment in God. May it be so. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we do pray to be content in you. But Lord, don't let us fool ourselves into thinking that contentment is complacency. The two are distinguished in the world and in us. May we find contentment in you so that we would know you in our lives. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.